1: all right we're wasting no time getting into this instant reaction episode and man i wish we had more time to recap and catch up and do all the stuff that we need to do because my long-lost partner is back in stateside we're so thrilled that uh, you and your family had an awesome time in japan and, and in tokyo and all the amazing places that you went to and uh as you would expect just like it was literally the day after you left (laughs) All hell broke loose, and that's what we have right now in this special Instant Reaction episode now that Odell Beckham Jr. is officially a Raven. Welcome back to the States. We got a lot to get to, uh, but most importantly, I'm just so happy to have you back, and I'm glad you had a great time.
2: Oh, man, I'm so happy to be back, so happy to be back with you, and the difference is when I left, yes, all hell broke loose because it was, you know, negative news, but on Easter Sunday, this is Resurrection Day. This is heaven, you know, so... The Ravens making some moves, some uncharacteristic moves. So, uh, you know, what a great, great way to just jump back into things with you. I missed you, though, partner.
1: Oh, likewise. Yeah, and and happy Easter to you and yours out there. Glad you're with us here late night just after 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern. And we're getting ready to basically dissect this thing from start to finish. Now that, uh, And let me just say, first and foremost, I did this on my live stream. I'll make sure I'll do it again. Uh, I was dead wrong dead wrong on this. You were, uh, you were hopeful at times. And then at also times, most recently you were sort of steering away from this. So to say that, uh, I was surprised would be an understatement. And I'm not sure where you fall on this, but I certainly thought he was jets bound. I thought that, uh, he and Aaron Rodgers were going to team up, but clearly the Ravens presented him an offer, which we'll get into in just a second from a figure and number standpoint that, that he wanted to, uh, pursue. and, And ultimately perhaps Lamar uh, in the shadows could have played a role influence-wise as well, which we'll get to.
2: All right. So I don't know that we officially said yet, but the Ravens have signed Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> to a one-year deal reportedly worth up to $18 million and guaranteed $15 million. So we'll get into all those images there. I just, for the audio people only, just wanted to put, put that out there. Bobby, I just need to make sure I know where you were at as I was gone because – I haven't been able to listen to everything like I would have liked to from Japan, but I did have somebody on Twitter, reach out to me saying that Friday or somewhere recently, you said he's a jet where, where, where have you been at the last week or so?
1: (laughs) I'm sure somebody kept receipts on that and they should have, because that probably came out of my mouth. Yeah. I thought that he was. Most certainly jets bound, obviously Rogers and and Packers and jets haven't figured out the trade compensation yet, but there was so much flirtation going on. Those two have been interconnected and linked for years in terms of wanting to play with one another. And and to, to me, I had said it, and of course it was just an educated guess all these weeks, all these months that I didn't feel like it was a good fit for him here on a number of levels, but clearly I was wrong. And uh, I think Lamar in in the background is playing a major role in this. As you can see, for those who are tuning into the live stream, he and OBJ just within the last hour, uh, again, we're taping this. We're we're live right now, 915 here on Easter evening. They were FaceTiming. They've been talking. And uh, man, what what a wild turn of events here in the off season.
2: What a wild turn of events. Yeah, I was definitely majorly on Odell Beckham Jr. last year, because I thought he would come at a cheaper price coming off that injury, and then you'd only pay him per game. I thought he'd be a great fit at the end of the season. Um, I also thought he would be a fit this year, especially since the Ravens got uh, Todd Munkin. However, I thought that he was going to be too expensive. Now, last year I was pounding him because I did think he'd be good for Lamar, and I thought he'd be good for the Ravens. But I was like, once that was over, I was like, there's no way the Ravens are going to pay him for a full year. Like, I just didn't think that part would happen. But I definitely thought that he'd be a good fit with Lamar. Thinks that I felt like he'd be somebody that Lamar, you know that Lamar likes to laser into the guys he's comfortable with. We've seen that happen with Mark Andrews over and over and over again. Odell's a guy that Odell will reward him. If if Lamar takes some risks throwing his way, again, as long as he's healthy, we'll get into, you know, all the implications that this signing has. So I just thought the Ravens wouldn't pony up for it. And then here they are, and they did. This is an uncharacteristic move for the Ravens with the money they just spent here, Bobby.
1: We got the numbers on the screen right now from Tom Pellicero, NFL Network. It's a, a signing bonus of over $13.8 million. The base salary comes in at just north of 1.1 million, 3 million in reachable incentives. And again, the headliner here is to your point, it's worth up to 18 million, 15 of which is guaranteed. So when you take a look at the way that the free agency market was set last month, and we covered this extensively with Jacoby Myers and Alan Lazard setting this year's class at 11 million in terms of average annual value. The Ravens went well north of that, and you'd have to think that that was a significant factor in OBJ's final decision, and there's some reports out there as well, given the interest that we've already mentioned about the Jets, that they were not willing to match what Baltimore put forth on the table. So to your point, that should be one of the biggest takeaways from this video. This is an un-Raven-like move, right, in terms of historically, what this front office is willing to do.
2: Bobby, how many times we've had episodes Several episodes, we were trying not to pound it too much, but several episodes where it's like the Ravens don't pay in wide receiver free agent money. And that goes back at least a decade, at least a decade. I've gone back and and done it. They're always like 25 to 32 kind of in there in free agent or in wide receiver spending. So we've always said they've put the assets in, especially in the Eric DaCosta era They've definitely put the assets in draft-wise, but they haven't put the assets in cap-wise. Well, this changes things now—not as—not totally, right? Because this is a one-year deal. It's—it's uh, it's money that the Ravens currently don't have under the cap. We'll talk about how they can do that. Um, so, so this tells me—I, I, you know, there's five things this tells me, but the number one thing it tells me, and that it's uncharacteristic, is that the Ravens are all in this season. The Ravens are all in because again, they don't 15 million guaranteed in one year. Now you brought up the market for this off season. Let's, let's try to put this in perspective. Alan Lazard and, um, who was the other one that you just named?
1: Jacoby Myers.
2: Meyer? Yeah. Jacoby Meyer. So it's not like this free agent class was nobody's writing home about this free agent wide receiver class this off season, Okay. So we, what we need to do is stack this money up against wide receivers in the top 10, not just the guys that got paid this offseason because nobody's writing home about them. Now with Odell, however, the Ravens are taking a couple chances because there is the medical. He's he's had the ACL twice. Um, And so they're they're taking a chance. This tells me they are comfortable with it, but more than anything, they're all in. When when teams make uncharacteristic moves, especially teams like the Ravens, who are very, I mean, everybody's been calling the Ravens cheap. Cheap, 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 which I think is not true, but I would say they've been cheap at the wide receiver position for sure. And so what, why, why the change now? Why the change now? Number that number one point I have there is the Ravens are all in. They believe they have a roster that can go the distance. Obviously it has to stay healthy, but they feel like they have the roster that can go the distance and who knows what's going to happen with Lamar beyond 2023. But the second thing this tells me, doing an uncharacteristic move is they believe Lamar Jackson will be back in 2023. Okay. Whether that's on the, the uh, franchise tag or whether that's a long-term deal, they're saying, we don't know if Lamar is going to be back or not, but we think he will be in 2023 and you pair him together with OBJ, Bateman, DuVernay, Aguilar, and another draft pick, whoever that's going to be. Okay. Come later this month. They're saying, we believe Lamar's going to be back. Because there's no way you'd make an uncharacteristic move for one year. Like maybe if you had signed him to a three, four, five-year deal, then they say, okay, maybe this isn't about this year. No, this is about this year when you're signing a one-year deal and giving up $15 guaranteed. Okay? The third thing this tells me is that they like Odell Beckham. You don't go out of your way for just anybody. They like him, and they like him in Todd Munkin's offense. He's been with Todd Munkin before. Todd Munkin was the offensive coordinator when OBJ was in Cleveland and had a strong year with him, was over 1,000 yards. Now OBJ can come in and say, hey, yeah, this is a new offense to you guys. This is going to be new to you, Lamar, but you got me. I know what I'm doing. Let me lead the way in in implementing. And it'll be a different offense for sure than the one that was in in Cleveland because Todd Munkin knows how to change things for his personnel. But still, the nuts and bolts will be there, and OBJ can help implement it. Now, the fourth thing is: this tells me they're comfortable with OBJ's medicals. I mean, it is a one-year deal in principle, so maybe, maybe uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe medicals could still mess it up, but but I would think they would would have already looked at it, so they're comfortable there. And then they're probably going to have to continue the trend, avoid years to accommodate it. They simply don't have 15 million, so either they're going to have to do void years or they're going to have to uh, restructure some other deals, but I think they want to leave that in case they need a match for Lamar, especially after the draft, if something changes. So those are the things it tells me. But the Ravens are all in in 2023.
1: I wanted to jump on that a little bit with what Brian McFarland put on Twitter as well, uh, along these lines of, of some of the figures and and what it means, you know, for the front office monetarily. So so Brian, of course, Ravens salary cap analyst, we've had him on the show before. He's awesome. Uh, He wrote, assuming that four added void years uh, to reach the uh, max proration of five years, OBJ will have a 2023 cap number of just over 3.9 million. However, and he uses all caps there. If so, and if he is not extended before the 2024 season, he will count as over $11 in dead money on the 2024 cap. Oh boy, which is kind of along the lines of what we said a second ago, right? Because this is so uncharacteristic of the Ravens, right? That's what he's getting at here. And then one more tweet from Brian as well, quote, tweeting himself, for whatever it's worth, OBJ is a street-free agent, not an unrestricted free agent, so this signing has no impact On compensatory selections, the Ravens are still in line to receive a fourth round compensatory pick in 2024 for the loss of Ben Powers. And we know he just outpriced himself from Baltimore having a heck of a year. He went from a roster bubble guy last summer to now getting a a big deal from the Broncos. But Let's go back to that first tweet, because this this right here is what we're talking about. This is how uncharacteristic uh, this move is by a, a franchise that, what, 27 years, 28 years running now. They don't do this.
2: No, they don't. So obviously void years are a new thing the Ravens have been doing. They've never done it uh, prior to this year. We started to see them do it with some of their uh, restructures um, from earlier in the season as a way to, you know, let people know that they were waiting to match any potential deals to Lamar. That continues. Um, listen, so so yeah, I mean, could he be extended? Sure. And so I think Steve Bashotti is saying, and, and by the way, I don't do you do you have the the Josina Anderson tweet about Steve Bashotti? Yeah. So yes. um, obviously, so she said that Steve Bashotti has been on the phone with Odell Beckham Jr. We've seen reports that the Ravens have been in on Odell since I've been pushing it last offseason. I know that they, you know, kind of kicked the tires last um, season when they were trying to make a run. Maybe they weren't comfortable with with his knee at that point. And now feel so with more months removed, uh, but this is this is a Steve Bisciotti move. And so, if you're gonna move outside of your core principles, which is what the Ravens have always been, very cap. Um, they don't like to push bills down the road. Let's put it that way. They don't like to do it. So there will be, but they'll. Ha- but clearly, they're picking and choosing. When you go outside of your principles, the big boss man has to be the one to say to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so you've got, you know, just scenery. I'll just read it here. Ravens owner, Steve if This is for audio people. Ravens owner, Steve Bisciotti has been in frequent communication with Odell Beckham jr. Pitching him on the idea of coming to Baltimore, the support he would have with the team and the necessity of helping to square things with Lamar Jackson as well. So then she confirmed that it was up to 18 million. So, uh, yeah, this is, this is partly Steve Bishotti. So, you know, you gotta have you gotta have the green light from the boss to be able to 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 make an uncharacteristic move like this. And so I, I think Steve is just like, you know what? We've had Lamar on his rookie deal. We couldn't get it done. We don't know if we're gonna have him beyond this year. We would like to, but we don't know if we will. Right now it's looking like the tag is more likely. So, hey, let's go for this now. And we'll deal with potential void years and all that down the road. It is 11 million. You know, that is a lot. That's a lot. And we're not going to like that unless let's see what OBJ and Lamar can do together. And maybe we can extend both. Who knows? But whatever that future is, we're worrying about this year now. And we'll worry about that 11 million later, which is, again, unlike the Ravens.
1: Appreciate our guy, Robbie, for chiming in with a YouTube super chat donation. I had to open up a drink for this happiest I've been all week. Cheers and welcome back, Sarah. And yeah, the timing is is really uncanny. <laughs> Just for those of you who haven't been following along here, Sarah left on, I believe, March twenty was it 27th or 28th?
2: I don't know. It's a blur like two and a half weeks ago.
1: It yeah, was, it, was, like it March- was the
2: day I was on the plane when the, the, the Francis news came out.
1: Okay. Yeah. So Ken that Francis, was, yeah. yeah, that was like Sunday or Monday. So it was like the 26th, 27th, right around there of March. And, uh, and, and so not only does the Ken Francis thing sort of storm the internet and I'm, I'm sitting here solo in the States, right. Trying to make sense of it. You're on a plane, completely unreachable. Then, then two days, <laughs> two days later, Lamar's official trade request comes down on the Monday of the owners meetings in Phoenix, And now you're actually in Japan, but you're 12, 13, 14 hours ahead. So you were probably, I don't know what time, yeah, it was 13 hours. So I don't know what you were doing at that time. Point is, it's been an insane news cycle And I'm just glad you're back now. And like you said, before we went on, you joked at the top, like you got the positive news all here, right? Yeah. What a coincidence, right? You come back (laughs) in the fray and everything's positive. And and I had to kind of like shield the wolves from attacking me for 10 days. You come back and it's all sunshine and rainbows. What what gives? Well, me and Lamar
2: coordinated this. Uh, You know, obviously I've got strong ties with Lamar and said, Hey, Lamar, could you request your trade while I'm out of town? So I don't have to deal with it on Twitter. And then I coordinated with OBJ. Hey, can you guys announce this for when I come back so I can deal with it? Yeah. Right. I wish I had those types of connections. So yeah, no, I'm glad to be back for this part of it, man. That was, that was, I was, I was also missing when, when, you know, John Harbaugh at the owners meetings, you know, is like bombarded with all those questions. I think there were like 25 out of 34 questions about Lamar requesting a trade. And I wasn't here for the, the liar's luncheon when Chad still jumped in on the questions and Was like, no, you can't ask about Lamar. And, like, things were just sounding like, you know, they were going downhill. So uh, now today we've got OBJ signing. And then can we bring back up those videos or those pictures? OBJ puts out a shot, a picture of his son wearing number eight purple jersey, you know. And then you've got Lamar and his stories of him and and obj posing together and got a screenshot so that's the most positive we've gotten from lamar all season he sure does seem happy about the signing so uh you know it's feeling pretty pretty good it's good good vibes like lamar's gonna be back i don't know on on a long-term deal or or a tag but he looks like he's excited for obj
1: oh yeah yeah and he's doing his trolling right don't let's not Well, let's not mince our words here. He's having his fun, right? He's posting this. He's getting his Instagram stories. Everybody's riled up and everybody's talking about it. But uh, but clearly, as Jordan Schultz reported, just within the last hour or so, there has been uh, an open line of communication between Lamar and OBJ. And they've had multiple conversations throughout the free agency process about teaming up together and chasing a Super Bowl with the Ravens. Again, this is according to Jordan Schultz. And obviously, there is still business to handle, as we all know with Lamar, in terms of whether or not he's going to play on the tag or ultimately go back to the table, if that offer is still there on the table. But um, clearly, you know, these two have, have shown an interest in playing together, which is why, I mean, gosh, I thought there was a even a bigger interest and, a, and a, an interest that spanned back farther between Rodgers and OBJ. But clearly, this was there were multiple factors in play here and maybe just maybe the Ravens paying up Sarah and, and one upping the jets one thing, one thing that they weren't willing to do as an organization could have pushed this thing across the finish line.
2: Well, listen, when the Ravens want their guy, they'll do stuff. This reminds me of um, Steve, Smith's, Steve Smith, Steve Smith senior, when he was, uh, he just got cut by the Panthers and he was ready to go on a free agency tour and the Ravens were the first visit and they didn't come to a deal. And he was walking out the door and, John Harbaugh literally ran back down and was like, Steve, where are you going? Like, let's get a deal done. And, and they figured it out, and they stopped him from going to visit the Patriots with Tom Brady at the time, and were able to, you know, keep him keep him in town. And so this was like one of those moves. It's like, no, you're not going to the Jets. We're, we're not, you know. Bobby, I say this all the time, and this is why I tend to not freak out with the rest of, of the Ravens flock when things aren't happening. I promise you, you will save yourself so much stress if you remember, I'm not just talking to you, Bobby, I'm talking to fans. If you remember the term deadline spur action, you have to know that when Lamar is putting out a tweet that says, hey, I requested on this date for a trade, you have to know it's because he's trying to seize the moment before a next deadline hits. And this, and he's seizing the moment of, this is the time that I can talk to teams, right? Right. When, when OBJ, you sign him now, why? Because he's about to go talk to the Jets and you know the Jets are for real interested. The Jets are all in this year too, which is why Aaron's not going to be there forever. Aaron, even if, once they finally get the deal done, I'm assuming they will. Aaron's not going to be there forever. They know the Jets are all in. And they're like, no, there's nobody left here. There's nobody left here. That, so this was a deadline. And it's like, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to finally pony up. He said he wanted between 15 and 20 million. You know, so we're gonna give the bare minimum of 15 and give them up to 18. And so they stepped up. Deadline spur action. You can be so much more calm if you remember that. I mean, nothing's gonna happen with Lamar. The next deadline is gonna be the draft. So we'll see if something happens there, but deadline spur action, and just keep calm until you know those deadlines. Oh, it's this, love I that. like this.
1: <laughs> I love that, by the way. Thank you for throwing on your therapy hat for all of us, right? <laughs> But uh, everybody and everybody is, is chiming in on this move that kind of rocked the NFL world. The NFL has a way of stealing the show as the masters is coming down to the finish. And it wasn't really a compelling finish as we would have liked it to be. At least, at least for me, I, I love when it goes down to the wire in golf. Uh, John Rahm was just too, too dominant and Brooks fell off today. Brooks Kepka. Uh, but as as like the, they're coming down the stretch at Augusta, this news drops. And so everybody stops what they're doing. Marlon Humphrey checks in and calls out the fan base saying, you know, y'all were calling for EDC's job for months. Now y'all happy with a bunch of emojis. I found that to be hilarious. Ray Lewis offe- officially, formally welcomes OBJ to the flock from Miami. And then Ross Tucker checks in with kind of what we mentioned a, a little while ago. What he feels is the least Ravens like move and contract put together in a long time. So we're not the only ones noticing this, Sarah.
2: Yeah. You know, first of all, Ray Lewis, you know, he obviously always is is a, is a Raven for life, but it's not like he tweets after every signing. So this is one, this is one that gets people's attention for sure, as it should. So it's nice to see Ray kind of jump out there. Ross agreeing with us, Marlon. Let's, let's talk about this now. Again, people have been hard on EDC. Um, It's it's been rough. And he's had to be measured, obviously, in in free agency and getting stuff done. Um, I do think a lot of it is unfair. Now, does this, those that have been critical of Eric DaCosta, um, some of them, this will change their tune. Some people who keep calling the Ravens cheap. This is this is a signal right to you. No, they're not. Again, the cheapness has been about the wide receiver uh, free agents. It has not, or you know, signing cap dollars to them. Um, so this will quiet some of them because this is a move that is not cheap. However, you're now going to be ticking off some people who enjoy the don't kick bills down the road camp. Okay, the people who like that the Ravens have been um, smart with their money. And for some, it's going to be like, wait a minute. If you're going to make an uncharacteristic move, why are you going to do it for a guy that's coming off an ACL tear, hasn't played in really a year, and is 30? He's 30 now, right? Um, and so for some, this feels like the wrong move. It feels like you're overpaying. And, you know, I think there's some truth. I think that that you are overpaying a little bit, but this has been a massive criticism of Eric DaCosta especially in the wide receiver market, everywhere you go, people have overpaid to get wide receivers to their spot. And so the Ravens have tried not to do that by doing it in the draft. They just haven't hit on the draft. Maybe they still with will with Bateman. Uh, You know, hopefully the, the, the double, the two injuries two years in a row are just, you know, back to back and he's healthy this year. And so, um, but you got to shoot your shot. You got to shoot your shot sometimes and again, this free agency wide receiver class just wasn't that great to begin with. It really wasn't. Like, would people really be be happy if they got Lazard? Would they be happy if it was a Jacoby Myers? I, I don't know. It's not like those names are huge either. It's not like those are like, oh, for sure, we got it all now. And I'm not saying those aren't good receivers, but they're not, they're not, you know, the the big wide receiver guys either, you know? So you gotta shoot your shot at some point. And, and I think that they think they have the roster. I think they think they have the roster for this, for this year. So this is it. They're shooting their shot. You got to choose when you do it. And we're going to find out if, if this was the right shot to shoot.
1: Over 460 viewers peak concurrent right now on the channel. So thanks so much for your support and staying up late with us uh, on Easter Sunday, happy Easter to you and yours out there. And uh, obviously it was, it was just so funny. Sarah and I had our catch-up call Earlier today for the first time in, you know, two weeks and we're like, gosh, it's pretty slow right now. You know, we can revisit some things at the end of the week. Like, what do you want to do? Do you want to do a morning vault? Obviously this will um, needless to say, this will take place for Monday's morning vault to so you know, and then we'll of course have reactionary stuff throughout the week. I'm sure as we learn more. Um, which which reminds me, I got to get to the Todd Munkin piece from a couple months back at his introductory press conference that kind of almost was a little foreshadowing, you might say, uh, but just wanted to k- hit some quick housekeeping things. I uh, wanted to shout out a couple of uh, of our newest patrons who have been supporting us through uh, patreon.com, through supporting us, supporting the channel. You can do so as well if you're interested by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravensvault podcast and... Um, just making sure I pull it up so we get our, our proper folks. So before I do that, why don't we listen to Todd Munkin again at his introductory press conference talking about Odell, who at the time obviously wasn't technically a free agent yet. But here, here's Monk. Can I, I
3: don't even know the rules. Can I speak on it? Oh, so that I can speak on it. You can't speak on a guy that's under contract, right? Okay. I really like Odell. Odell, super athletic, twitchy, really likes football. I mean, I really did. You know, it didn't work out the year I was there, but ultimately, he's like every skilled player. He's no different. I don't know why everybody gets pissed off. Like, he wants the ball. Well, w- really? Like, I don't know where I've been where a great player didn't want the ball. I didn't know where a basketball player didn't want shots or a baseball player didn't want to get bat bats. That's what they want. They want opportunities to showcase their ability. I think it's awesome. I think he's tremendously skilled, and, and I like his personality. He likes to compete. He has a tough deal, though, because he's a... He, in my opinion, and he may think differently, and he may, it's like, it's tough being a, um, a face. Does that make sense? Like NBA deals with it all the time, but there's very few NFL players outside of quarterbacks that they really know their face, that they're a, they're a market. They're, and he's that way, and I think that makes it hard, you know, at times when you're under the microscope like he is. It really is hard. But I, I liked Odell a lot, liked the skill set, liked his work ethic. He fought through an injury, tremendous.
1: So so first of all, just to be clear, he was a free agent, which is why Munkin could speak on it there. He was just being careful back during his introductory press conference. And then two of our returning patrons, uh, Lauren Wonderlick and Ken Buckner. Thank you both. And again, if you're interested in donating or, or getting involved in the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast to learn more about what we're offering, specifically in honor of a small business month, which is coming up in May. Uh, That now a couple months removed is, is awfully interesting. And I think I I walk away from that going back to, I'm going to walk myself back here a little bit. And uh, I criticized Odell for being uh, a diva speculating on how much lifestyle means to him at this point, because I kind of felt like he was an LA, New York kind of market guy. He's, he's a big brand guy. He's a big, uh, he's an icon off the field. There's no doubt about it you think about the catch as a giant, you think about just his, his life out, his lifestyle outside of football. It's, it's a, he is a brand OBJ is a brand. And so I just didn't feel like Baltimore other than Lamar had a lot to offer to him in that sense by him agreeing to this. Yes. The numbers were right. Yes. He wants to team up with Lamar. Yes. He's, he's chasing the greater goal, the super bowls and, and all that stuff. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna be open, more open to learning about him and, and how he fits in Baltimore and and how much he actually is, is willing to um, you know, be be a guy who you can learn from, who can fit and be a team guy. I, I'm learning a lot about him right now, just solely based on his decision to to come to Baltimore.
2: Yeah, so uh a couple things. Um number one with him coming to baltimore bobby at the end of the day players want to be paid (laughs) they want to be paid and if the ravens are offering more money than the jets and who knows if they are i don't know if he actually got an offer from the jets um you know yes cities and markets can all play into it but players want to be paid that that's that's what it's about they want to win but they want to be paid. And I think I, and again, it depends on which player you're talking about. But if I were to generalize players, because NFL, um, NFL careers are so short. Okay, it's get paid while you can. Number one. Number two, find a way to win. Then number three or somewhere lower than that is a market in a city. You know what I mean? Like if you have family where your family's from and things are kind of equal, then yeah, I want to go there. Or if things are equal, then, you know, maybe a city or, or whatever might, might play more into it. Now with, with Todd Munkin, it's so interesting because he talked about how Odell is a face, right? It's, it's not like the NBA where everybody has faces because these guys are in helmets. Odell Beckham is a face. He transcends the helmet. And, and people know him. And he talks about the microscope. Listen, for years, Ravens fans were upset that, that Baltimore wouldn't get national coverage, right? For years. Then Lamar's here and you get a ton of national coverage. But like, and sometimes it's awesome. But then sometimes it's like what we've had this off season where it's nonstop Lamar, them just pitting Lamar versus the Ravens as if it's really adversarial, which I have never bought and still don't buy, even though they disagree. I don't see them as hating each other. Uh, emotional, sure, it can get that way at times, but I don't think they hate each other. Um, so anyway, my point is Lamar's a face. Lamar is a face that transcends the helmet. And now you've got his receiver <laughs> that transcends a face. If you think the coverage of the Ravens has been non-stop this offseason, get ready. And let me tell you something. I really hope the Ravens win. Because if the Ravens don't win with Lamar and Odell, I mean, and it's not even, uh, there can be the slightest hint of unhappiness. And you better believe that the national media is going to run with it. Because if the Ravens stack up a couple losses, oh my gosh, what they're going to do with Odell and, and Lamar It's not going to be pretty. So we better pray for some W's this fall.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
1: I think uh, for about a month from now is typically when the NFL schedule release comes out annually and they make a big thing out of it, just like they do with everything. You know, the NFL is a full, full year round type of business and I'd expect uh, them to be a shoe in for the maximum amount of primetime games. You would think, which is five, I believe if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you know, I think that's probably the easiest decision they may have this year with, with two huge personalities. So, um, you know, another well, I thing I wanted to to talk about too, if, but go ahead first if you want just to gonna, finish that thought. Are you going to
2: talk about this this comment that you have up right here? Is that what you're going to talk about?
1: I, I wasn't, but let's go. Let's dive in. Well,
2: just while we're – because we had Todd Munkin on, but he said this also uh, – Nepos. I don't know how to say that. This also shows OBJ trust Munkin. There is no way, okay? There is no way. Even with this contract, may, maybe the contract would have put him over. But if Greg Roman was still the offensive coordinator – I highly doubt Odell Beckham Jr. is signing this deal because that was just the most unfriendly offense to a wide receiver. He knows the type of um, production he can get with a, with with Munkin. And in a way, what we've been talking about this whole time, how this is like a one-year deal and the Ravens are all in in 2023. But you also have to know that Odell Beckham... This is also another one-year, anytime you you sign a one-year deal, you're auditioning again. Whether you're auditioning with the Ravens again or the rest of the league, he's auditioning again. And so no way would he audition again with Greg Roman, right? He'd be like, no, I'm going to go with with the Jets and, and Aaron Rodgers if they're paying him and he and he can go there. I'll go audition again with Aaron Rodgers. So he's putting a lot of trust into Munkin and Lamar that says, you know what? This is, you know, a 15 million guaranteed and I want to get that, if not better next year and get a long-term deal. And I think Monkin's going to help me put on an audition for the entire NFL. So I think that was a good point by, by Nepo, Nepo, however you, you pronounce that.
1: Yeah. One year, prove it deal. You've yeah. been Out of the league for a year, torn ACL, but Let, let's, let's see what you got. One year, prove it deal, you know, and, um, and, 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 and that's that. So. What I where I was going with that is um I wanted to kind of go back to the draft because I know I've been banging the drums in in recent weeks about prior to this, about the Ravens need to to draft a wide receiver at twenty-two overall. I think this changes that. Yeah, they still need to add a wide receiver, and we'll see how the board shakes out. And we know that they're gonna fall on on that sword, right? That is drafting a best available versus need. And in a lot of ways, it's really they've benefited from that philosophy over the years for sure. Um, but to me, I think they're just sitting in a position now where, yeah, they obviously want to add one. And I, I thought one thing that you may have missed while you were gone, I had uh, Emory hunt from uh, football game plan on the show and, and he was just awesome in breaking down 10 specific wide receiver prospects that could fall to the Ravens or could be available. Maybe not even at 22, like later on in the draft. And he just had a great football mind. So if you haven't checked that out yet, go check that out in the archives. But, um, but I feel really good about them kind of being able to use that philosophy right now. Sarah, what do you think? Yeah.
2: Well, again, this is uh, I've been covering these guys for almost two decades now. The, I I was again calm with that. You know, from the beginning, I think from the from sure. the day the season ended, I was like, I'm not in on a wide receiver in the first round. Now, if the board falls that way, sure, but. Eric DaCosta and Ozzie Newsome, they always, always, always make sure they patch, I mean, big holes. The whole roster won't be set yet. But they patch big holes up before the draft. And it's their way of taking away the temptation to reach on a guy because it's a position of need. You never want to reach on a guy because it's a position of need. And so I still feel like they could probably make a move at cornerback uh, before the draft, so that they again are not feeling because right now that's probably the biggest need. Now that you have OBJ in, and uh, people don't even like me to say their name. I'm seeing in the comments, stop saying Aguilar, but he is a name on there as a depth piece, as a depth piece, a number three or four kind of guy. But they're not in; a, they're no longer in a spot where they have to take wide receiver number one. I still think they'll take a wide receiver, um, but I see that more as a day two thing. And, um, and so, yeah, I still think that, that maybe Rocky sin could be signed so that they don't feel desperate at cornerback because they really do want to be a team that drafts based off of the board and not based off of a need.
1: Well, another thing that you're going a while, you missed a few things, you know, <laughs> like Greg yeah. Roman spoke for the first time, as you know, he made it clear that he's taking off. Uh, the 2023 season to kind of, you know, go back and, and reflect a little bit and figure out uh, he was passed on by a few gigs, you know, Stanford passed on him, And, and the Washington commanders passed on him for Eric Bieniemy. So he's going to be sitting out the 2023 season and spending some time with family and being involved with, uh, I believe a high school and a, and a college. Uh, he didn't say the college specifically that he's working with, but anyway, another thing that, that um, while you were gone, that went down was Darius Slay essentially saying that the Ravens offered him what he wanted from Philly and then essentially use that to get what he wanted to remain an Eagle. So clearly the Ravens feel like they can upgrade um, at cornerback with, with Marcus Peters who remains unsigned open available on, on the free agent market. It's just a matter of how they're going to do that. They swung and missed with slay, not because they didn't do it well enough. He just went and used it as leverage to stay in Philly. Right. So clearly they, they, they feel like they want to address it right. And to your point, maybe they end up doing that before the draft.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, that <laughs> that was crazy. I have gotten even when I was in Japan, I still got questions like how did the Ravens even be able to talk to him? Cause he was never officially released. And we just have to remember that Slay was granted uh permission to go and seek a trade. And so he was he was allowed to talk to other NFL teams is is kind of the point there, even though he wasn't officially uh released and good for Darius Slay look what he just leveraged himself by going out and uh and doing that so yeah and and you know it just goes to show you again the Ravens are trying to go all in and so it wouldn't have surprised me because everybody was like well where was the money going to be for Slay anyway and it's like the Ravens are clearly on avoidable year uh track here this offseason and it just again even though they did the, the the signing didn't didn't actually happen. I think it shows once again that the Ravens are all in for this for 2023.
1: Yeah, you mentioned Nelson Aguilar at the wide receiver position who prior to OBJ's signing today was was really the only external signing, you know, out of house signing that they had made and that's why everybody was sort of feeling this underwhelming a state of of just because of everybody felt like you know Eric and and the front office was was treading water carefully, uh, treading lightly with the Lamar situation. Well, what's interesting is the, is the Nelson signing in a lot of our eyes is sort of the DeMarcus Robinson of last year for this upcoming season. But as we've noted over the last couple of months since the season ended, DeMarcus's social media behavior, his messaging, the way that he's straight up acting online, it it's as if he's going to be a part of this team and he's not at this moment, Sarah, he, he um, the Lamar's post with OBJ. So he's either like (laughs) just loving the fact that the Ravens are doing what he feels is good for the team, or they've talked to him about potentially coming back. I just would have thought that that's Nelson's role this year.
2: Listen, man, maybe he's just trying to speak it into existence. I have no idea. We've been saying this for a while. I remember, like, right after the season, we had, like, we literally had a headline on a morning vault that was like, does Robinson know something that the rest of us don't know? You know what I mean? And so maybe he's going to sign, especially with the new practice squad uh, rules. Maybe he's like, man, I just want to be there and we'll sign on the practice squad. Who knows? But he is, like, undeterred OBJ sign. I don't care. I'm still coming back. Nelson Aguilar sign. I don't care. I'm still coming back. Who knows draft day. The Ravens could, could draft another wide receiver. He'll plug that. I'm still coming back. I mean, he wants to be back.
1: I'm dead. That is, that is amazing. I actually love his optimism and positivity. He's a super likable guy. I follow him online and, and he's, he's been working this off season. He's been putting up some, uh, some routes that he's been running on his Instagram. And I just kind of been, been keeping tabs on him and see what's up. But but yeah, some people are tuning into right now in the, in the super chat, he was reliable and he was one of their better, you know, team friendly free agent one year deal signings over the last couple of years. Certainly, more effective and productive than sammy Watkins, certainly more effective and productive than dez um who else am i missing i mean there's there's several of them over the last few years so um i don't know i don't know what they'll do and and thanks to john for checking in with a, a super sticker donation here 20 bucks Appreciate you. Thanks for the support. And we got over 560 people in here. If you, if you haven't already done so, and you've been enjoying the content, please consider just, just liking the video. And if you haven't subscribed, consider doing that as well. We, uh, we, we push out daily content and it's good to have the band back together here as everybody's diving into somebody mentioned earlier on that Sarah's got to go to Japan more often because yeah. good things happen. Well, apparently, <laughs> yeah, well, not at the front end, the back end, Yes. But <laughs> yeah.
2: I don't know. I don't know if I can do that flight again, Bobby. That's a brutal, brutal flight. (laughs) Especially you're not like in the business class, you know, laying down. That was like 13 hours between my son and my husband. And I'm just like, uh, (laughs) just let me fall asleep. Uh, Real quick, just since we've been on here, Josina Anderson uh, confirmed what we've been speculating uh, saying, yes. Odell Beckham Jr.'s one-year deal with the Ravens features voidable years to make his compensation work with their cap per league source, similar to what was discussed for weeks with the Jets per sources. So she is confirming why we don't know how all that money is stacked across. She's saying, yes, there's voidable
1: years. Okay, cool. Yeah, and and by the way, top of this. I mean,
2: <sighs> she's been so on top of it. In fact, because she's so plugged in, we've had her on the show. I've seen comments here that we need to bring her back. Um, uh you know, I'd have Josina on once a week if, if she wanted to, but I, I think she's she's pretty busy over there. But um, uh, Josina has been, because she's so plugged in with both sides, um, and it's hard to say who the side of Lamar is, but somehow she's she's been plugged in, but she's also plugged in. She's been so plugged in with OBJ. Um, and I think she's also been plugged in with the Ravens. And... Um, she has consistently talked just about the calm, you know, how she's been so calm about it. And she had tweeted, I know while I was in Japan, she had tweeted that the Ravens are putting in a conservative concerted effort to get a wide receiver to the Ravens. I think she's known like she, she reported that Steve Bishotti has been talking to him. So, you know, that is indeed a concert concerted effort. It's not like Bishotti gets in on recruiting very often. Um, and, and, and she's been, she's not been like the ESPN people that have put Lamar versus the Ravens as if it's adversarial. She has talked about the differences for sure and has talked about how it can be emotional, but she hasn't ever seen it. She's been very just time and time again saying the Ravens want him back, want meaning Lamar. The Ravens are being patient to see what has to happen. We've heard from RG3 that Lamar is being patient. And I think they've just both been willing to be like, let's go check out this market. Let's go check it out, you know? Let's go check it out. And it doesn't have to be an angry thing. And so Lamar has to shoot his shot and say, hey, I've requested being traded. Cause that, he has to say, listen, I'm on the tag and nobody's gonna give me anything if there's this threat of a match, right? So by saying, I've been requesting to be traded He's taking away one more obstacle for for an offer to come to him. It's saying, listen, don't worry about being matched because I've said that I want to be traded. So if I want out, I can get out. I can make this happen. I can make it to where the Ravens don't lock me in. That's what he's trying to say with that. And so it's like, just because he says that doesn't mean that the relationship has completely disintegrated. And again, I'm not acting like this is rainbow and sunshine. They have a disagreement and it's a big one. But Josina, this is what I'm trying to, what I'm basically trying to say is Josina has been calm and saying, yes, they have differences, but it's never been like a Stephen A. Smith or a Swaggu or all the guys at ESPN that are saying, oh yeah, you know, and making it sound like they hate each other. I just don't buy into that. Again, that doesn't mean that they're gonna sign him to a long-term deal or that everything's rainbow and sunshine. but I don't, I, when people ask me, is this salvageable? Heck yes, it is. They don't hate each other. They're both just trying to make the best business deal possible for themselves
1: you wonder why Josecina gets so many scoops, right? Sometimes yeah. that level-headed mentality gets you gets you there. So all right, let's get to some Q&A before we finish up. We've been going about 45 minutes or so over 570 people peak concurrent viewing. So thanks so much and and as our we got our own recruiter here, Sarah, Off-Grid Woodsman is recruiting people to like the video. Yes. So that's uh, obviously that helps us from a a back-end standpoint because we can Get discovered by other people like you that are watching that that are into the Ravens that are into the NFL. So we, we would greatly appreciate that. Uh, Jackson Goldsmith checking in. Do you think the Ravens are done with free agency slash making some trades? I certainly don't think so. We've seen what draft nights consisted of in recent years. EDC is always willing to make calls, always willing to get stuff done uh, at the eleventh hour. And I don't know. I mean, at, when I look at the the best trade asset, who's at his peak value right now? who scrubbed his accounts on social of the Ravens, Patrick queen. I still see him as somebody who potentially be a trade piece, but I also see what what, Sarah, you've been saying this from the jump. You played your best football alongside Roquan. You're likely not getting your more than likely not getting your fifth year option picked up May 1st in under a month from now. Eric was asked about that at last week's pre-draft press conference. He declined to answer you reset the market with an off-ball linebacker paying Roquan. So there's just, I don't know how you can do that, um, doing, you know, paying PQ or at least picking up the option. But if I'm PQ, right, and I'm advising him, and you've said this before, like, man, you had your best, why not get another year playing playing alongside the best off-ball linebacker in the league, and then your value only skyrockets a year from now. So I see that, but I also see the Ravens need some, you know, they have some needs that they want to address, and he is somebody that has high value right now.
2: Yeah. So my comments are exactly what you said. It's, it's more from Patrick Queens point of view. I don't know that he would, he needs to for like, he would want to force himself out of Baltimore. He's still going to be, a, he's going to be a starter next to Roquan. So, uh, seems like from PQ's perspective, it would be nice to stay in Baltimore to drive up his value from the Raven standpoint. It may not make as much sense. And so I'm really in a position there that it could to me, I think it, it's like a 50-50. I could see the Ravens if if they need to if they can use Patrick Queen to get a sweet draft pick or get a player that they had wanted, I could totally see them being like, you know what, it's worth leveraging Patrick Queen to go and get this done. That being said, I'm sticking with my theme. I really do believe Eric DaCosta, Steve Bashotti, Ozzy Newsome, John Harbaugh, I really do think that they think this year's the year to go all in. So I could also see them being like, no, you know what? We could get trade value out of him, but if it's not as as much as we want, like we're going to keep him for another year because we are trying to go all in and having PQ and Roquan together is great for a defensive championship caliber, you know, squad. So so that's why I'm kind of 50/50. I think if they if 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 PQ can be used in a deal that really gets them over the top for something this year, then yeah, I could see them trading him. But I could very much see them seeing holding on to him and be like, let's go with this defense right now.
1: We both know that the fact that they don't have a second round pick this year is keeping Eric up at night. Yeah. And although that's looked at, and he's mentioned this many times, including last week, that's looked at as having Roquan, right? Because yeah. they had to give up a second and some and some other picks as well in order to get him um, from Chicago last year. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if whatever deal, if there is a deal made in the next few weeks leading into draft night, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to, they only have five picks right now, Sarah. Well, last year they had, didn't they have four in the in the fourth round? Like <laughs> it was insanity.
2: Yeah, like five. Yeah, no, yeah, because they call it liars' luncheon for a reason. Remember, Eric DaCosta said, "Well, we're not a big free agency team," and then they went and signed Odell Beckham Jr. A couple years ago, he was like. It's it's an offense that you say that I need to go draft a wide receiver, and then he drafted Bateman in the first round. So he was making it for my for my liking. He was making it seem like he was way too happy about not having a second round draft pick. Not happy is not the right word. Content because he's like I just had to remind myself that Roquan Smith is my second round draft pick. And then he goes, and then he goes. Well, we've had a lot of draft picks. I think he said that there were like 26 or so guys that he's drafted he's like we can't keep them all so and then plus next year we could have more so he was trying to describe it to make it seem like yeah we're good without the second round draft pick which tells me he wants to go get a second round draft pick
1: and, and a couple of people, yeah, exactly, exactly. And a couple of people are chiming in into like you can always trade back too, depending yeah. on how the, the 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 board falls. If you want to accumulate picks and you want to get into the second round, and you like the depth at corner and you like the depth at wide receiver, corner might be the 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 deepest wide receiver class. Or I'm sorry, corner. It's getting late. Corner might be the deepest class position wise um, yeah. in, in this year's draft. After I've been doing some little bit of research. Thank you to Catherine for another super sticker. Thanks for donating to the channel. We got John who who's checking in with with some Carson Wentz talk here. It's got the people going in the comment section. So let's get John involved. Thank you for the donation first and foremost. I uh, love the both of you and thank you for trying to keep us in the loop. So are you guys good with the idea with getting Wentz in for a year and us drafting a new quarterback? after we trade Lamar, it's just a thought anybody who thinks that they're trading Lamar after today's acquisition, Hey, all power to you. I, I feel like this all, all, but t- to me, this all, but confirms that Lamar is going to be here in 2023. It's just a matter of like Sarah said earlier on, it's just a matter of w- what it's going to look like contractually. Is it going to be the franchise tag or is it going to be a long-term deal? And, and something that Joe Sina was getting at last week, Sarah, that, that I thought was, was kind of a a compelling compromise, if you will, is the thought of, because the Ravens non-exclusively franchise tagged him, it puts him just north of 32 million for 2023. Well, we know that the exclusive tag is significantly different in terms of average annual value. It's up in like the 45, 46 range there's no stopping Lamar from attempting to upwardly negotiate that number to get him more towards his peers, his counterparts in terms of average annual value for this upcoming season. And I think Josina kind of presented that as a way for the two sides to meet in the middle and keep Lamar happy on a short term deal. And um, that's kind of what was talked about last week. And I know we were talking about putting a morning vault out on that before everything broke. So I just wanted to mention that. But-
2: Just can I ask you a question? Because I listened to her say that in passing. I really wasn't paying attention. So, um, when she proposes that it's higher than 32, because that was the non exclusive and the exclusive was 45, and she was saying bring that number up. So, she was saying for just a one year deal, or was she saying bring that number up, get a higher number, and do a long, like a three year deal or something like that? what what exactly was just the one. the amount of just the one. Okay. And so that's like an incentive to say, hey, we need you coming in early training camp, Pre- if not precisely. earlier. Got you, got you, got you. Oh, that's not a bad idea. I mean if you can't right, if you because
1: can't, for the Ravens right for, from the Ravens perspective, because of Monking coming in and the new yeah. terminology and the and the new language. And I know he ran that style, you know, the pro style offense with Bobby Petrino at Louisville, but that was over five years ago. And that was with a different cast of characters. He now has an NFL roster and NFL wide receiver room that's being built. So for the Ravens, that gives them the security of, okay, he's going to show up for OTAs. He's going to show up for mini camp. He's going to get all of this down so that by the time training camp comes around, obviously, you know, they're off and running.
2: God, well on that, uh, l- listen, there's speculation out there. I don't know how much I buy into but there's speculation out there that, that maybe the Ravens and Lamar had agreed to do the non-exclusive because they were like, let's go let the market decide. Um, And so if that was an agreement, it seems odd for Lamar to agree with that even though he would want to know the market because it's like, wait a minute, why agree to that? Because the franchise exclusive is 45 million, I'm only getting 32, so he would be giving up 13 million. So I've never really bought into that that theory because it's like he's losing 13 million by just saying, yeah, put put non-exclusive on me. You know what I mean? it's too much of a risk to see, you know, what the market says and lose 13 million. So if that theory was correct, then yeah, you would want to, you would want, if he agreed to that, then yeah, you want to like give him more money cause he lost that on 13 million. But I, I've just never bought into that, that, that theory. Um, but in, in the sense of like getting goodwill and please don't hold out, we'll, we'll like, even though we can't agree on a long-term deal, this is a showing a good faith effort to say, Hey, we'll give you more money. If you can show us good faith coming in early and getting this, helping us in, um, install this offense. So yeah, that makes sense.
1: Uh, and you just wonder based on what we've talked about, how plugged in Josina has been and balanced in terms of talking to both yeah. parties, you wonder if she's maybe putting some educated opinions together on, on presenting that idea, but For sure. anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll follow that in the coming weeks as it is. Prince Rico 20 chimed in a little while ago with this, Uh, his, 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 or her thoughts sign Robinson, meaning DeMarcus and use him over Prochet and Wallace. I'd have to think that James and, and, and Tylan are right now. Certainly. I mean, bubble guys terms of 53 man roster. I mean, I know Wallace brings a lot from a special teaming standpoint, but Prochet, you know, where I'm at with him. I I think he's had his chances and uh, I know he, I know he's, um, he can he can get involved in some in, you know as a return specialist and whatnot but I just haven't seen enough for him to be you know flanking out a room or whatever you know the four or five option
2: yeah yeah no I I agree I think he's had plenty of opportunity to catch on and just just hasn't just hasn't
1: by the way Emery Emery torched uh pro from my our guest from last week Emery hunt well, he, he, out of nowhere he brought up the fake play the um uh, what game Oh, was it where
2: he threw the interception. Or,
1: yeah. Was that Denver?
2: I can't remember, uh, but it was terrible. <laughs> oh,
1: it was terrible. But Emory like had it, it was like muscle memory for him and he knew the play and he knew exactly what happened and he knew the Greg Roman call. And, uh, and we just had a good laugh about it because it had been so He was long clearly long traumatized
2: before. by it. Clearly traumatized. <laughs> yeah.
1: That was crazy. That was crazy. But, uh, but Greg's Greg breaking his silence was kind of a big deal while you were in Tokyo. You know, he, uh, he, he went on the 33rd team and shared that, he, you know, he's he's going to be sitting this year out and and had some good things to say about Lamar. Honestly, I, I made a video about one specific thing that, you know, Lamar is safest when he's in space, yeah. he said, and and I just thought it was insightful. You know, this is a guy that knows him better than anybody. And they had a lot of success together. You know, clearly it was I had run its course and maybe he outgrew his system or, you know, Greg kind of became complacent towards the end. There were operational issues, but, but I do find, I do find Greg to be insightful and I enjoy listening to him. I know a lot of folks probably can't listen to him because of how painful it was at, at times the last couple of years, but I found it What's to be an funny? interesting interview.
2: What's funny is that I had seen um, a tweet that had recapped just that part. I didn't see the whole interview, but recapped that part of it about Lamar being safe. And I originally thought somebody had gone back and quote retweeted it from 2019 because that's how close it was. He said the same thing in 2019 because Lamar was like taking off and everybody's like, can you really do this? Is this smart? Yada, yada, yada. This is before his injuries in the pocket, you know and he said that and that's what that's actually what spurred me that after that 2019 year and his quote i was like he's not just saying this without some data to back it up so uh, if you guys remember i did a big study that went back for a decade and i went back and looked at all quarterback injuries and how they were injured and if and and i try to figure out you know i i came up with terms of if they were running quarterbacks and all this kind of stuff and looked at their run frequency and i was like holy moly yeah I mean Greg clearly had looked this up because you know you are safest when you're in control and you are not in control when you're not looking at people rushing after you to tackle you and your eyes are down the field and so it's just funny that people picked up on it this time around even though he had been preaching it since 2019
1: yeah yeah yeah. well I just realized that John man is is throwing us some some yeah great John. donations here tonight, man. I mean, a hundred dollar donation from John. And just because Sarah's back, <laughs> I love you too, Bobby, let's go Orioles. And uh, you know, Sarah Wait, had a is chance John to, up to, to like
2: a hundred and like $40 by now.
1: I think so. We're going to leave this Jeez. up on the screen and, and, and show our appreciation for John because he's showing us love. And uh, I did have a chance to go to opening day, which was, was cool on a number of levels. Like, One, it was just kind of cool to be a fan for once, you know, all these years I've been in Baltimore. I've either had, I don't know, been out of town or I was in college and I didn't go to the games or like the last several years I had work duties, you know, when I was at Ravens radio and, uh, it it was cool to just kind of step out and enjoy myself and be a fan. But, but I think my biggest takeaway from the day, Sarah was being able to connect with with our viewers with our listeners with our subscribers one on one and just hear from them and and chat with them and and talk shop with them and and hear their appreciation and it's just crazy cuz it goes both ways like you're literally you listening out there you you watching us out there you're our employer we want to make we want to do whatever it is to to satisfy you guys and 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 you know make this an enjoyable experience for you so i just i i my head hit, hit the pillow that night um feeling a lot of gratitude and it was a great experience and a, a lot of fun in Baltimore. So appreciate you guys out there that made that experience what it was.
2: Yeah, that's great. Cause obviously I live in uh, Columbus. So we've talked about this a lot where you'll go out and people will, will recognize you. And I'm like, yeah, you, I just got to live vicariously for you. It actually works out cause I'm more of a private person <laughs> than you are. You're a man of the people for sure. And so I'm like, I love that. It's like you, if one of us can't be in town, I'm glad that it's you. Um, and maybe I'm just like more protective of my kids and whatnot. So I just like to be more private. I would leave, like, I haven't even posted any pictures for my trip to Japan. Like, I'm just like, you know, so private about hey, that kind of stuff. You know, but I love that you get to interact and I, and I love the effect it has on you. Cause when you come back from that stuff, you're totally on a high every time. So it's much appreciated. It's,
1: it's, it's just, you know, two different personalities, two different, uh, maybe generations even right. Like, uh, I just very upfront with, with what like I'm doing at all times. <laughs> I'm just like, well, respectfully, respectfully. How much older,
2: let's get this out there. How much older am I than you?
1: I'm 43. We've been, we've been over this. So 15, 15, you got me by 15.
2: 15. That's crazy. All right.
1: 15 years, but we're BFFs, right?
2: <laughs> you know it.
1: No, but John, seriously, thank you, thank you for the donation, and to everybody who's who's been, you know, interactively tuned in tonight on a holiday is is pretty cool. So, um you know, we're gonna try. I love in do... the
2: comments. Are we just giving our ages now? Josh is right. I'm 32. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's definitely giving yeah. you your ages.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Please, everybody, just specify. Okay, before we close <laughs> tonight, just specify where you where you fall. Now, um, yes, yeah, 28 over here, and uh, fresh off a fresh off a hair transplant as everybody's been following along with. So that was another thing that, that, that happened while you were gone. It's been an insane two weeks. It's so funny. Like earlier, just, just to pull back the curtain before we closed. So I, I have second cousins in the area just outside of Baltimore. I was going over for like a little Easter dinner or whatever that started at like four o'clock and uh, you, you were doing your thing and you're gosh, you probably think you probably feel like it's like tomorrow morning right now, your body clock coming off the flight and stuff. So I don't even know how you're awake right now. But, um, we, we had, you know, you were doing church and and Easter festivities. And so we didn't catch up until right around four. It was just so funny. Like once we got going, I was like, wow, she doesn't know this. She doesn't, I got to update her this. I got to do this. I got to do this. (laughs) And then I finished up the phone call and I was like, I'm not even halfway done catching her up to speed on what's happened. Like in my life over the last two weeks, like people think that we just get on here and, and talk about Ravens and, and not talk about our lives. We do daily conference calls, we text all day long. I know your kids' names and like what they're about, what they what what sports they play, what they do after school, like all these things. And uh so it's cool. We we really have like a relationship away from a friendship away from what we do professionally, so it's cool.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh you it's cuz I hadn't been following you on social media uh while I was out there. I mean, I really was just doing the Japan thing. And so I sent you a picture of me at Mount Fuji, right? And you send one back with like your bandana and like two black eyes and your yeah. face so buffy. And I'm like, whoa. And so I tilt my phone at the time I was on a bus leaving Mount Fuji. And I tilt it over to my husband and my son. And where you at, bro? Yeah, but you, you look better in these. You got sunglasses on. <laughs> I tilted over to them, and both my husband and, and son were like, Who is that? And I was like, That's Bobby. And they're like, Bobby, your podcast partner, Bobby? And I'm like, Yeah. yeah. And oh, you yeah. had because your glasses were off and you had on your bandana, and my son was like, all he needs is a Harley and he's like good to go. <laughs> you know? So literally. I was like, man, I literally. abandoned him in the middle of like this major procedure where you're like in pain, still carrying the shit for us. So I appreciate you doing that.
1: Well, it's just so funny. Like there's been multiple alter egos that have come to the table since you left too. Like there's new hashtags that we have here. Bandana, Bobby, biker, Bobby, <laughs> um, all, all these things, you know, I've really come into my own since you left. I mean, it's really something else. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's hilarious. So anyway,
1: I just all wanted right. to shout out, uh, be more around town and Brian Snyder from, uh the local tailgate company in baltimore they put on an unbelievable um show on on uh on friday for opening day there was over over people there and um nice. it was just so much fun and, and like i said it, just to get out there and kind of get away from the studio and 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 meet the folks that we feel like we're serving you know on a daily basis it's uh it's pretty cool so Anyway, we have been uh, streaming for over an hour. This, again, this is going to take place of Monday's morning vault. We'll, of course, have a Tuesday morning vault, and we're, you know, the 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 dash, the mad dash onto the draft is really begins this week for us. So plenty coming up, but uh, I'll let you close us out, partner. I'm so glad to have you back.
2: Yeah, no, I'm glad to be back. I very much appreciate you having my back as I've been out. Appreciate you carrying, you know, the entire load. Um, just, just final thoughts, I guess on, on this OBG OBJ signing, listen, there's, it's not without risk, you know, coming off of these, these, uh, these ACL injuries. Uh, it's a big price tag. It's clear that the Ravens are all in, they're trying to shoot their shot. They are, they believe in something in 2023. I think it definitely enhances the, the idea that Lamar will be playing in 2023. I just wish it was on a long-term deal. But you know, for right now, we'll see where this goes. I think that the Ravens will get another move at cornerback before the draft, and then that way they're totally freed up to do whatever they want come that weekend. But good vibes here. Uh, Ravens promised they would remake to a certain extent the wide receiver room. Uh, this is 100% following through on that, and uh, it's going to be a big show. We'll see if this this move pays off in the long run. And
1: yeah, we'll see how quickly OBJ gets in the building. Right? We could be mm-hmm. talking about an introductory press conference here in the coming days or weeks. So we'll see how quickly, you know, that kind of comes together. And then just some final closing housekeeping items. If you've been enjoying uh, tonight's live stream and and you haven't already liked the video, please consider doing that. It kind of filters it out to other folks like you who are Ravens fans or NFL fans so that they can discover uh, what we're building here. Ways to get involved, ways to support us. Of course, you can go through Venmo if you feel so inclined. Anything and everything is always appreciated uh, when we're in our, you know, one year of not even one year yet, infancy wise of, of the podcast. And then we just launched a Patreon within the last couple months. So go check it out if you haven't already done so. There's a couple of great ways to get involved with what we're doing. Uh, and it also supports us patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast. And for uh, the next several months in honor of small business month, which is May, if you weren't aware, it's May, we're running a special, $49.99. As somebody said over the weekend, they $49 like, or 4,000? Or, or I'm like, no, 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 it's $49.99. And for that, on a monthly basis, moving forward, you can sponsor an entire episode on The Vault on a monthly basis. And it's just a, a, a small way for us to show our appreciation to local businesses, not just in Baltimore, but also you know beyond Baltimore as well. So, with that, we will close it down. OBJ is a Raven. I was wrong. Sarah was spot on. How about that? I mean, riddle me that one. But uh, we appreciate you guys so much. I'm so happy you're back, Sarah, and and let's crush it this week. So. For my partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this instant reaction live stream here on Easter Sunday night, closing it down. Thanks so much. And we'll talk to you on Tuesday morning.